Welcome to Socially Just Us, where we bring awareness to the social injustices in today's classrooms. I'm Tony, and this is episode four of our eight-part series. In this episode, we will look at the case of Dylan McCabe. She is of the Comanche, Fort Hill Apache, and Navajo people. McCabe was due to graduate with her class in 2016 at North Point High School in Waldorf, Maryland. Understanding that there would be a dress code, McCabe asked permission to wear her Navajo traditional clothing for the significant event. Her attire included a dress, moccasins, and leg wrappings. The school approved her dress because it wouldn't be seen through the gown. However, her moccasins and wrappings were not approved. McCabe was informed that the graduation requirement calls for black shoes that are either flat or no higher than two inches in height. In her change.org petition, McCabe explains that every piece of her attire is essential to one another. She explains that her moccasins were worn during her kinlakta ceremony, a four-day and four-night coming-of-age ceremony where the participant would perform holy rites and actions one of them being to run three times a day and going further and further each time. McCabe's moccasins are a reflection of her endurance and perseverance. McCabe's mother met with the superintendent to discuss her daughter's graduation attire. McCabe took action in creating a change.org petition. Her story made the rounds on social media and news networks. Happily, the school reversed their decision and McCabe was able to wear her full ensemble to graduation. McCabe's story is not new to many Native students across the nation. Graduation ceremonies can have strict rules and regulations under the guise of tradition. If so, whose tradition? The U.S. education system was not originally designed for Native peoples. Instead, it was used as a tool for genocide through the forced assimilation of its students. Children were stripped from their parents by Bureau of Indian Affairs agents and taken to an Indian boarding school. There, students would have their hair cut and most of their belongings thrown out. It would be years before they would see any of their family again. Some would even try to run away in search of their homes. Some would make it. Most would be captured by the school's agents. But too many would die due to exposure or hunger. The mission of these schools was to kill the Indian, save the man. Students would be lined up and their photos taken on their first and last day of school. They came in with their clothes on their backs, buckskin that told of their family, their history, beautifully decorated in beadwork. Moccasins gifted to them from aging grandparents, their hair long and well taken care of. They would leave in rigid posture with short crop hair on the men and tightly bound hair on the women. For many, the fire in their eyes snuffed out as their high collars stiffened their necks. Their clothes the same dark color. Now, they look human. In their flat black shoes. McCabe's situation is an example of the lack of critical hope in education as described by Duncan Andreas's essay, Note to Educators, Hope Required When Growing Roses in Concrete. To me, McCabe's school had employed hokey hope which is the lowest level of hope that most schools in the U.S. are guilty of. This doesn't necessarily mean that the school is bad, because there are different components that make up a student's education. Graduation is only a part of that experience. Graduation is the goal for many students and signifies their introduction into the quote-unquote real world. It also acts as a school's follow-through and their commitment to students. By originally not allowing McCabe to wear her moccasins, the school is denying her voice and her identity at the final moments as a student sending a message of, do it our way, because it's the right way. This impacts the hope of McCabe and other students who will graduate in the future. It doesn't provide a space that recognizes that what other cultures deem as formal dress. It replaces the cultural pedagogy with what school officials perceive as formal or even professional dress. It also diminishes student voice and investment in their own education. Duncan Andrera explains how a lack of hope is a refusal to recognize what isn't working and what could work. It is going with the standard route, in this case being graduation ceremony, tradition. 
I would be a proud teacher if McCabe was my student. She didn't back down and found alternative routes to ensure her attire was approved. If I was her teacher, I would have advocated for her by first scheduling a meeting between the parents and the school. I would also express my own thoughts and feelings based on my identity as a native of the Navajo. Next steps would be to organize meetings and lectures from local native leaders and nations. This would be to better understand native culture, but at the same time recognizing individual nations and customs. McCabe went into education survival, which is indicative to the structure of our schools not recognizing the multiple intersectionality of their students. We hear in the news of black students having to shave their hair because it is too distracting. We hear about Latinx communities having to navigate halls filled with anti-immigrant rhetoric even when the student is not an immigrant. Happily, McKay wore her full regalia to graduation, a victory for her and a victory for our relatives who went through the boarding schools. Resistance continues as long as schools continue to disconnect from their students' identities. Education is a book left un uncomplete, just as our feet have yet to take us on our next journey. Both are leather-bound.